If you've ever watched a family conduct an intervention on one of those dramatic TV shows, you know that the person who is struggling with addiction rarely responds well. An intervention sounds like it'd be the right thing to do, right? We just want to force our partner to sit down and listen to us <laughs> and see how their behavior is affecting everyone around them. But here's what it actually does. It puts your partner on the defensive immediately. It puts them into fight or flight mode and they aren't actually able to be in an emotional space where they can receive the concern and information that you're sharing with them. It's an ambush, really, and nobody likes to be ambushed. So today I want to offer you an alternative to a big dramatic intervention that I have personally used and seen to be quite effective. But before you do anything, you need to check in with your motives. So any action we take is going to be driven by an emotion. So what emotion are you feeling when you decide to stage an intervention or have a conversation with your partner about their addiction? If you're experiencing emotion ranging from anxious to fear to anger, then any action you take from that space is probably not going to give you the result that you want. How do you show up when you're anxious or afraid? You come off very graspy, very needy, nagging, pushy, and blaming. So if you show up like that when you're trying to have a conversation about what you want your partner to do, they're automatically going to resist that energy. You will not be creating an opportunity for them to feel safe, open, and receptive, which is what we want them to feel. What's another way to approach it then? Any action we take needs to be driven by a better feeling emotion. Something like love, confidence, peace, or even just vulnerability. So how do you think you would show up in the same conversation if you were feeling authentically vulnerable and open instead of anxious and afraid? I know that when I speak from a place of vulnerability, I don't blame or nag, I just share. I take responsibility for how I feel instead of pushing it onto the other person. I stay focused on me instead of putting it on them. I am much more endearing <laughs> rather than graspy. The emotion that you take action from is going to make a huge difference between a conversation that goes well and a conversation that devolves into a fight. And right now, the thoughts that you have about your partner's addiction are keeping you from accessing a calm, positive emotion. Here's some thoughts that you're probably thinking right now that are creating blame and anxiety and fear for you. Their addiction is hurting me. If they don't go to treatment, they will keep destroying our relationship, or worse, they'll die. Listen, even if you really believe that those thoughts are true, they're not getting you the result that you want. They're not helping you show up in a way that could actually help your partner and your relationship. So I'm sure you can think of a time when you came at your partner with that kind of energy and they completely shut you out, their defensive walls went up, or they lashed out at you in anger. Didn't go very well, did it? You can keep thinking those thoughts if you want to, but why would you choose to think those things when it's not helping you get a positive outcome? What if, instead of fueling your fear and anxiety, you chose thoughts that helped you stay a little more open? Thoughts that create possible solutions instead of focusing on the problem. Something like, I can set the tone for a loving conversation by staying open. I'm willing to see how I am responsible for whether I allow my partner to hurt me or not. 
I cannot control their life or their death, but I can control how I show up in their life. We've all seen how the story ends when a family tries to force their loved one to go to treatment before they're ready. They either don't go at all, or they begrudgingly agree to go only to check themselves out like a few days or weeks later. Or maybe they complete the program only to struggle with relapse later. So even if you can convince your partner to go to treatment, you cannot keep controlling the outcome after that. So what I recommend before you even have a conversation with your partner about treatment is doing your own work around your need to control them and their addiction. There's nothing wrong with you wanting your partner to go to treatment, but it's simply not up to you. So what if you made the decision to believe that you will be okay no matter what happens with your partner? Because beneath your desire for them to go to treatment is your fear of the pain that you think you will feel if they don't. Whether they keep using or take advantage of you or overdose or even die, you're trying to avoid those things because of how you think you will feel if those things happen. You're afraid of the pain, you're afraid of feeling the grief, or of the betrayal. But guess what? You're already feeling all of those things. Every day and in your mind, when you think of those things happening, you're creating those emotions ahead of time before they even happen. You're suffering now by trying to avoid suffering later. But what if you just decided to handle whatever negative emotions and suffering comes up if and when it actually does? Here's where I think the whole detach with love concept comes in. When you are so attached to the outcome of your partner's addiction and the outcome of your relationship, you feel desperate to make sure nothing bad happens. And when you feel desperate, you hold on tight. You control. You try to intervene and you fight with reality. And that just leads you to feel hopeless when none of that ends up working. Because it never does, by the way. (laughs) In order to detach with love, you need to believe that your ultimate happiness doesn't rest on whether they seek recovery or not, or whether you stay together or not. You need to be willing to believe that you could learn to be okay if your partner doesn't do what you want them to do. Because they're not going to do what you want them to do now anyway. So maybe be open to the idea that there's another way to approach this. So here's the approach that I recommend for effective intervention. And in order to do this successfully, you must be willing to release your grip of control and instead take responsibility for your own feelings. This is about having small, short conversations with your partner about how you feel. And to your surprise, I'm not even going to talk about bringing up treatment specifically. It's not about showing them how they're wrong, and it's not about trying to convince them that they need to do anything differently. This is not about coercing them or manipulating them or forcing them. It's really just about you, your thoughts, and your feelings. So here's how to have a short mini-intervention conversation. Let's say your partner drinks or uses while you're with them. You love them and you want to be around them, but you don't like how they behave and you don't like how you feel around them when they're using. So first, identify what you are thinking about their drinking or drug use. What are you making it mean about them or about you? Are you making it mean that they don't care about you? And how do you feel when you think that they don't care about you? 
This is what you want to communicate to them, your thought and your feeling. But it's important to know that the thought you have is optional. It's your interpretation of what's happening. This doesn't mean that it's a fact that they don't care about you, but that's what you are thinking and feeling. So you get to take responsibility for that and just share it with your partner openly. This is about sharing, not blaming. So they're drinking or using, you take a moment to see that you are having the thought, they don't care about me, and you feel sad. When you have identified those two things, this is how you can communicate to them. You can say, hey babe, I noticed that when I see you drinking or using, I am making it mean that you don't care about me. I have this thought that you are drinking or using to get away from me or ignore me. And those thoughts make me feel really sad. And then just be quiet. <laughs> There's a little more to this if you want to take it further, but let's break this part down first. I started the conversation with the facts. I said, I notice that when I see you drinking or using, so I didn't start off by saying, you don't care about me, or I can't believe you're getting drunk right now. <laughs> Those statements are very blamey. They put all the blame on your partner right off the bat. And this is guaranteed to put them in a defensive mindset right away. By starting off with the facts of what I observe, I'm giving them some context for the rest of what I'm about to say. I'm not making like a general sweeping statement about our entire relationship. This is very specific to the act of when they drink or use because that's what I'm addressing right now. Next, I tell them how my brain is interpreting those facts. I'm telling them what I am making it mean for me. Don't assume that they are making it mean the same thing that you are. They don't necessarily know what you're thinking or how you feel. They cannot read your mind. <laughs> so this part is just sharing with them what my brain is doing when I observe them take this action. I am making it mean that you don't care about me. I have this thought that you are drinking or using to get away from me or ignore me. This is taking responsibility for my own thoughts. Notice how this is different than saying, you don't care about me. You just want to get away from me. You're ignoring me. <laughs> the first way is sharing my thoughts. The second way is blaming them for what I think and how I feel. We want to stay away from blaming them for how we feel because if you've been listening to my podcast at all, you know that our partner's actions do not create our feelings. Our own thoughts create our feelings. So next, I tell my partner how I feel when I think those thoughts. I'm not saying you make me sad when you drink because they cannot make me sad. I'm saying those thoughts make me feel really sad. Again, I'm taking responsibility for how I feel because I acknowledge that my thoughts are creating it. So that's the really short version, and the goal is to keep this as short as possible. Not a huge long explanation, just a short description of what I'm thinking and how I feel. Then I shut my mouth and wait for them to respond if they want to. If they don't respond at all, or just shrug or something, then you can wrap it up by saying, thanks for listening, I just wanted to share what I'm thinking and how I feel. Love you. And then go about your day and drop it for now. By the way, it's okay if you cry during this, if you need to cry. You don't need to like put on a happy face if that's just not how you feel. Just be real, authentic, 
and share how you feel. Because the goal of this is not to get an apology. It's not to coerce some sort of response where they admit guilt. The only purpose of this conversation is to be authentic and open about how you feel when you observe them drinking or using. That's it. So keep that in mind if they do respond. Maybe they'll get defensive anyway. You can't control how they interpret what you say or how they react. So you just get to let them say or do whatever they say or do. However, they might surprise you. Usually this type of conversation opener leads to a much more open conversation than what you typically have. The reason this short little conversation is effective as an intervention tool is because it reflects to your partner the impact of their decision to drink or use, but in a non-aggressive, non-threatening way. It gives them the opportunity to see what's going on for you. And notice I didn't even say anything in that conversation about suggesting treatment or telling them what I think they should do because it's really not necessary. As you do this on a regular basis, you're basically giving them the opportunity to reflect and make their own decision about what they want to do. Now, you can take this conversation a little further if you're ready to set a boundary around their behavior, but it's not necessary every time. If you do want to set a boundary, that just goes at the end. So something like this. Hey babe, I noticed that when I see you drinking or using, I am making it mean that you don't care about me. I have this thought that you are drinking or using to get away from me or ignore me, and those thoughts make me feel really sad. I don't want to feel sad. So I've decided that when you choose to drink or use, I will remove myself from the situation. I'm going to go now. I love you and thank you for listening. Notice that I say what I've decided to do in response to their decision to drink or use. Again, this is not about telling them that they're wrong. It's simply sharing with them what I think, feel, and what boundary I will create for myself. So keep these conversations as short as you can. You can have these conversations while they're drinking or high. You might need to have the conversation again later if they don't remember it, but don't feel like you have to wait for them to be sober or in a good mood or the moment to be right before you can speak your truth and take action for yourself. I had one client who thought that any conversation about boundaries or emotions needed to wait until her partner was sober, but her partner came home drunk almost daily, so... I saw that she was sort of using that as an excuse to not have the conversation. So don't give yourself excuses. Just speak up when you feel the need to speak up, share how you feel, and move on with your day, whether that includes a boundary or not. I hope this was helpful for you. If you're having trouble even getting to a place where you can detach from the outcome of this conversation, if you're really stuck in a place of blame and needing them to change before you can feel better, I invite you to work with me one-on-one. -on -one. I have walked so many clients through the steps of processing their emotions before they have this sort of conversation with their partner, and it always goes so much better when they learn how to detach from the outcome because they know that they can handle any emotion that might come up. Just text free call to 971-257-1615 to get the link to schedule a call with me personally. Listen, you can learn how to do this effectively. 
and you will be blown away by the response that you get from your partner once you nail this down. (laughs) I have inspired my own partner to call and get started with treatment by having this exact conversation. My clients have told me that they do this and their partner reacts in the most open and loving way, which has never happened for them before. If you're really wanting to try this out, listen to this episode a few times and take some notes. And if you want some help, just text me at the number that I mentioned, and I would love to support you through this. All right, everyone, have an amazing week. I'll see you next time. Hey, if you found this episode helpful, then you've got to join me for a free coaching call. On this call, I'll guide you through understanding where you're at right now in your relationship and your life and where you want to be. I'll zero in on the specific thing that's holding you back from getting there, and I'll give you a personal game plan and share how one-on-one coaching will help you finally feel better about your partner's addiction so that you can create the happy, peaceful life you want. To request your free call, go to the link in the show notes or text free call to 971-257-1615. That's 971-257-1615.